Counterfeiting has existed for as long as popular products have been produced. However, the internet has created more complex methods for criminals to quickly and anonymously sell counterfeited products. Finnegan attorneys Naresh Kilaru and Morgan Smith join us now to provide insight into how counterfeiters are using new technology to avoid detection and what businesses can do to protect themselves before and after the rights have been infringed upon. Morgan, would we think of counterfeited goods, clothing, jewelry, and other retail items typically come to mind? What other industries have become prone to counterfeiting in recent years? Obviously, we still have all of sort of the luxury goods, the high fashion items that, that we do typically think of when someone says counterfeiting. But in recent years, we're dealing with and we're seeing more often consumer electronics, both large and small, pharmaceuticals that are maybe coming from Canada, apparel items are still obviously a big issue. Recently, I've come across a few cases actually involving nail polish that eventually make their way into nail salons across the country. Naresh, tell us about the move of counterfeit sales from the street to cyberspace and the challenges victims face to stop these criminals. 10 or 15 years ago, we used to see a lot of counterfeit goods coming through the ports, and that was mainly a factor of the goods coming from countries in the Far East and other places where the goods would come on containers, and the vast majority of the enforcement activity would be concentrated at the ports. That's just how goods were distributed, so the vast majority of the efforts were focused on stopping the goods from coming into the country, or if they did come into the country, uh, you would try and find the warehouses where the counterfeit goods were being stored. With the internet, the whole model of counterfeiting has changed because what we're seeing is that counterfeiters located abroad are able to directly ship goods to consumers in the U.S. or in other countries directly through the mail and bypass the traditional customs enforcement that happens at the border, as well as not having any large amount of goods being stored in the U.S. So when you have that kind of a model, it becomes much more difficult to seize the physical item that is being sold to consumers. So there has to be a different strategy typically that's employed with respect to the online sale of counterfeit goods. Morgan, what should a business do once it realizes that its intellectual property has been counterfeited? Well, an appropriate reaction sort of depends on the the nature of the problem. If it's more of an isolated issue, maybe just a few people you're seeing on certain e-commerce websites, then an appropriate reaction might be to work directly with those e-commerce websites, maybe have a monitoring program in place to pick up suspected counterfeiters, take down notices that you would submit to an e-commerce platform to get the product removed, and then maybe eventually a demand letter to the individual or business behind the product itself. If a business is seeing a much more widespread and pervasive problem, sort of the old school counterfeiting where people are just shipping tons of product into the U.S., then a business might consider taking more aggressive action filing suit. Lots of companies these days are filing suits where they name a lot of defendants at once to sort of generate press and a deterrence factor so that the brand owners can say, we're watching. 
And finally, Naresh, what best practices can you recommend to businesses to better prepare themselves for potential counterfeiting? I think it really consists of three components. Number one, you have to have a registration program. Brand owners should really think proactively about registering their trademarks, and that includes not only registering in the U.S., but abroad, because in many countries, you will not have any trademark rights unless you have a registration. The other component to that is not only registering your trademarks at the patent and trademark offices of the various countries, but also registering the trademark at customs. So in many countries have a separate registration procedure for registering your trademarks at customs. And unless your trademark is registered at customs, you're not going to be able to rely on customs to seize goods in case they do come in at the border. Second, you have to have a monitoring program. So a monitoring program is going to consist of typically using an outside company to monitor the internet in most cases, and the companies will send the brand owner watch notices, which will alert the brand owner to online sales of counterfeit products, either through websites or through other platforms that are online. And then number three, you have to have a regular enforcement program. And as Morgan just mentioned, that enforcement program is going to consist of a combination of takedown notices and litigation, depending on the scenario. It can sometimes consist of demand letters as well, although demand letters are typically less effective, we've seen, with respect to counterfeiters. Our guests have been Naresh Kalaru and Morgan Smith, attorneys at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.